Welcome to the Women's Leadership Today podcast, a feature of Women's Leadership Today. I'm your host, Michelle Myers. Today, I'm excited to have on Deborah Richardson. I asked Deborah to join us and share her personal story of spotting a unique need and forging her own path. Whether you're looking to start your own business or take the lead on the next big project, her story is inspiring. Deborah is a vendor setup and maintenance guru who is passionate about sharing her knowledge with other professionals. As an accounts payable senior manager over global vendor setup and maintenance, she saw the severe lack of vendor process guidance to avoid fraud, fines, and bad vendor data. To fill that gap, she started her own company with a tagline that I love, putting the AP in happy. Well, Deborah, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Well, when we spoke before and you shared sort of your journey with me, you know, I was thinking I have to have Deborah on and tell her story. And can you share a, with us some more of your background and what eventually led you to starting on your own as a consultant, trainer and speaker? Sure. So I actually spent 20 some years in corporate and for anyone out there that's watching that has spent 20 some years in corporate you know at some point you might think it's time to go but I had a great time while I was there I learned a lot I started off in really finance operations um, did the whole finance director controller where you are you know over the uh, accounting uh, cycle and also reporting. And so I did all of that, but it was when I came to a, a specific controller's position that had uh, uh, oversight over AP. And I was like, okay, I know AP or I've heard, you know, I know of the line item, but what, what do we do here? And so I got, I was introduced to AP and that was about 10, 12 years ago. Um, but it wasn't until I got to a position where I focused only on the vendor setup and maintenance process that I just thrived, right? I was at a Fortune 15 company. We had a 200-person accounts payable department, which is oh. huge. Mm -hmm. And when you have that, you segment. And so I was actually over global vendor setup and maintenance and payments uh, as well. And so during that time, I grew to love my vendors. We had a big project. I had to pick which department and I picked vendors. And then uh, we had an incident happen that caused both myself and the payroll manager to focus on, you know, preventing fraud. And that was when, as you stated, right, I was looking for content. I was looking on looking for best practices in specifically the vendor setup and maintenance process. And it just wasn't there. And so I had the opportunity to go out on my own in September of 2018 and produce that content. And that's what I'm doing today. And was it that fraud event or potential fraud event that was the final spark that led you to finally 
take the step with starting your own business? So I wouldn't say it was the final spark that led me to starting my own business, but it was the spark that said, hey, we really need to have, there needs to be more focus on vendor setup and maintenance. Because whenever you hear about AP or really AP automation, and it's probably still true to this day, right? You always think about invoicing and right e-invoicing solutions and everything to help the end invoice process, but you can't even get to the invoice process until you have a vendor set up, right? And that process of setting that vendor up and not allowing in fraud uh, and also, you know, regula uh, regulatory fines and compliance fines and just bad vendor data, um, really uh, that fraud just kind of highlighted the fact that, right, we needed to have that content out there. And so it wasn't the event, it was actually uh, another event, but I won't even say that was like the event because it had been leading up to that uh, as well. And when we finally, when I finally got to that event, all the pieces had already fallen into place. And so um, that was that was really the, the, the start of the, okay, yes, I can and I should, right, do this, uh, uh, go out on my own and share what I know, right, as a result of uh, doing the research and doing the on-the-job experience with what, uh, with what, um, uh, we put into place in order to avoid fraud and fines and bad vendor data go forward in this new climate of fraud, right, that we are in. Uh, and I can share that with, with people that were looking for it just like I was. And so that was really, yes, it was an event, but it had so many things that was lead, that uh, led up to it, in, including the fact that I had been in corporate for 20 some years and it was just time to do something new. Well, and as you made the move from being employed to owning and running your own company, did you remain employed while you got everything set up or did you walk away completely from your prior career and uh, jump in with both feet at once? Yeah, I jumped in with both feet at once. So I am the kind of person that I used to have a magnet on my refrigerator that said leap and the net will appear. For me, that has always worked. Uh, but I know plenty, right, of of um, uh, folks that are doing the same thing I am, consulting, speaking, training um, on their uh, in their own business that have uh you know, worked uh, on their business while they were still employed. Uh, but uh, for me, I actually have to be done with one thing before the next thing can start. And so that's what I did. I leapt and the net appeared. <laughs> I love that leap and the net shall appear. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as you were getting started, what were the biggest obstacles you had to face? Uh, so... I say the biggest starting, uh, the biggest obstacle was funding, um, right? We all know that we should have, right, uh, six months worth of emergency uh, of emergency funds. Um, but even when you have that, you still have expenses that are related to starting your own company. And then there's no guarantee that you're going to get that client in six months, right? Or now five or four months because you had to spend some of it on your, on on starting your business. And so um, the biggest 
the biggest obstacle and a um, little, little anxious, right? Caused a little bit of anxiety was funding. Uh, and I uh, went out on my own in September of 2018. And what's funny is everything for me always happens at the same time. I applied and I received funding through an SBA uh, backed organization in January of 2019. So that following January. Uh, and then in February, I got my first client. Oh, wow. So <laughs> everything for me happens at the same time. So, <laughs> right. You have to, you have to, you have to be done with one, then leap. Uh, and then I leap and then all the funding comes in at the same time. So it, it was actually great. It was a really good period. And uh, I still talk about my first client to this day and I still talk to them as well. So. Oh, really? Well, it sounded like everything just lined up perfectly after you took that leap. Well, how would, what would you advise people to do when they, you know, they are starting a venture, something new uh, with some risk involved, whether it be their own, you know, financial risk, or it could be, you know, a risk with their career. How do you get past that, that initial fear, or maybe it's not even fear, maybe it's anxiety, but get up that courage to, to take that, that big first leap that big first step. Yeah. And I would say find a, a, um, uh, some, uh, support out there that supports either, you know, businesses in your industry or just small businesses, uh, in general. And so I found that support with a score and I talked about the funding, right? I had a score. I had a few SCORE mentors and still do. Uh, I had a SCORE mentor that uh, worked with me to help get funding and that's how I was able to get in uh, contact with the, uh, with various funding resources. Uh, I had another uh, mentor that helped me with a business plan because I thought I knew what I needed in a business plan, but evidently I needed some help and I did get help with that. Um, I also received, uh, and still to this day, um, work with SCORE volunteers on uh, marketing plans and, you know, how to navigate uh, marketing and everything from SCORE is, is uh, free. And what I really also like about them and some other organizations organizations too that that bring together uh uh, like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs uh, are those organizations that have like networking opportunities and really the way I, I even got to score in the first place was a breakfast for women-owned business and so I went to that breakfast they have one it wasn't every week but they had it every month and so I went to one of them and that's how I found out about resources and it also was how I uh, found other again like-minded um, professionals out there that was doing what I was doing and we could share those uh, struggles and share the resources which was really big for me. I think that support system is so vital yeah. to to anything like this. And for our listeners, can you share what uh, the SCORE organization is? 
Yeah, so SCORE uh, is affiliated with uh, uh, SBA, Small Business Association, and they have a SCORE uh, volunteer organization. I think they have it in every state. Um, but what they are is they are retired professionals. Some of them um, have their own businesses, right? But they provide their services to those that sign up um, at no cost. Um, and not only can you work with like um, SCORE with their volunteers on a one-by-one -one basis, but they also have a lot of good webinars. Uh, and so all of those are, are free as well. So SCORE is an organization that, you know, small businesses can go to to get free content and tools that will help them in their business. And it's really worked well for me for financing and also for marketing. Yeah, it is such a great organization to mm -hmm. to help small business owners or those starting out. Well, it sounds like you did have a really good support system. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, did you receive any negative input or any discouragement? You know, anyone telling you this is not a good idea or you can't do this? Absolutely not, which might surprise you, but I am that that whole putting the AP and happy thing is really not just the slogan. I am a happy person. My my um, last director used to call me sunshine because I was oh. always happy. Right. And that slogan even or that uh, tagline even came from. Right. My husband was like, um, I, I was like, I love AP. He was like, what? Why do you love AP? <laughs> and I was like, look, he he knew I was always happy. And I was like, look, there's even an AP in happy, right? And so at the time I was still working and I thought, oh, there's an AP in happy. That's a great tagline. So I put that in my signature at work and people started, you know, they loved it. Uh, and so when I came out on my own, I wanted to put some action behind it. And so it changed from there's an AP in happy to putting the AP in happy. Um, but the whole point of that is, is I'm a happy person. People don't bring that type of neg uh, negativity to me. And even if they did, Good. I wouldn't have paid them any attention. Oh, I would have soldiered on. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah. you should. And yes, I'm. not everyone has the passion for accounts payable, for sure, that, that you do, Deborah. And I another thing I love about what you do is your own podcast that provide vendors set up and maintenance best practices. And you do that free of charge. Um, have you enjoyed doing those podcasts? It seems like you have been having fun with those. I have. And what's so funny is like, I knew about podcasts. Um, I, and to this day, you know, when I take a walk, I always have to have a podcast. That's my thing. I walk and listen to a podcast. Uh, and when I knew that I had put my notice in and I was getting ready to leave, somebody asked me what I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And then I thought, how do you start a podcast? <laughs> but I start, so I left in September and I started my podcast in October, right? That very next month. And that, I will tell you, that was October 2018. I published weekly on Thursdays. This Thursday coming up um, will be my 234th episode. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That is the best time of my week. I don't um, always batch produce podcasts. I'll uh, 
base it on what's going on that week, you know, what, what are the new trends and then you set up a maintenance to avoid fraud, to avoid those fines, to avoid that bad vendor data. And I will do my research and I will record. And that is the best time of my week. And you could not have told me that I would have enjoyed it as much as I do, but I really do. Um, I like the pack. I, I like the podcast and I like providing the, those um, A to Z, right? Those A to Z steps for solving, right? Some problem because that's the type of person that I am. And that's the type of uh, help that I like, right? Um, don't just, uh, you know, fantasize and talk about what could be and what should be. Look, this is what you need to do. And here are the steps to do it. I love that. Well, and I love that you're so passionate yeah. about what you do that you put out this free resource. I mean, this is information that I think most other companies would be, you know, consultants would be charging for, and you're out there, you know, wanting people to be able to perform at their best in, in this specific industry. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons why I did that is because it is a reality. It's not right, but it is a reality. And that is um, for uh, accounts payable and really for the little niche within accounts payable, which is, you know, where the vendor setup and maintenance mm -hmm. function um, exists in probably 80, 85% of companies. Um, but you don't get a lot of budget attached to that. Mm. Uh, and I've even, uh, I've even um, talked to, you know, subscribers and webinar attendees, and now uh, folks that are signed up for for my training, uh, to say that either they didn't have a budget for training or resources or tools, and they had to fight for it, or they just don't have a budget for that. And so they do listen to my podcast. I have a lot of free webinars um, as well on specific uh, subjects, and they will um, they will uh, attend those as well. Now I do give out right. Um, that free content, but there's still some content uh, because the vendor setup and maintenance function is, is truly important and it's critical. Um, and there are, is some content um, that is paid um, resources, but I do give out uh, quite a bit, probably more than most um, within my uh, podcast and, and webinars. And I also have some blogs out there as well. No, you definitely have a wealth of resources and information mm -hmm. out there. But like you said, it's, it's such a very niche, niche topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a niche topic. And I, uh, I am hoping that with my content being out there, it has, it will, uh, you know, let let it be known or let those folks that, you know, are absorbing that content, you know, have the uh, ability now to, to not only uh, look at my content, but also the content that it breeds. Because once I started publishing some content and uh, other organizations saw that it was a need for that content, right, they started doing some things as well. Still not as much, but it's more than what was available when I was looking for it during that fraud event. Well, it just uh, attests to how much of a driver of, of change you've been in your industry. Yes. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always such a pleasure speaking with you. And as we wrap up, 
what advice would you share with other women that have thought about taking a similar leap and starting their own business? Uh, uh, so the advice that I would give is just never stop. I know it's going to be, um, um, you're going to have some anxiety around it. And I've been in business for five years and that probably won't go away, but uh, it is still, you know, you started your business for a reason. Uh, and you've, uh, especially, you know, if uh, you've seen the rewards um, from that business and it's continuing to grow, maybe not as fast as you would like it to grow, um, but it is continued, uh, continuing to grow. And I would say stick with that and nurture it. Uh, and, uh, and you'll be, you'll, you'll be on your way. So if, if you haven't started yet, go ahead and start it. If you have started it, keep going. Well, and you said something that we say here quite a bit at Women's Leadership Today is like, you never stop learning. Yes, never stop learning. So yes, I would totally agree with that. And thank you, uh, Michelle, for having me on today. Oh, thank you, Deborah. And thank you to everyone listening in. We release two episodes a month and you can watch us on YouTube, and catch us on your favorite podcast streaming service. Make sure to subscribe, follow along with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Also visit us on womensleadershiptoday.com for more learning and career development resources. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Women's Leadership Today podcast is just one feature of the Women's Leadership Today community. We empower women to advance in their career through targeted professional development learning experiences and resources, such as live and on-demand courses, customized training solutions, up-to-date publications, and more. Visit womensleadershiptoday.com to join our community and take your career to the next level. Together, we can empower women everywhere to lead, innovate, and inspire change.